listening to Down the Road Radio with myself, Jerry Hodgers. Now, as the host of the Purple Sessions for the last 12 years, I wanted to visit some of the artists who have played the Purple Sessions over those years. And for the next hour, I'm going to be chatting and playing some tunes with singer-songwriter Barry J. Hughes. Barry J. Hughes, how are you? Jerry, I'm very good. How are you? It's great to be here, wherever, wherever here is. Yes, it's the, the new the new whatever. I'm not going to say the new normal. I don't like that. Well, you just did, but I will forgive you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at your background there. Your guitars are looking well on the wall. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, kind of doing up the apartment um, yeah. last year, just painting and, and just rearranging things and, and okay. spring cleaning even during the winter. So yeah, it looks it looks yeah. the part, you know. Yeah, I've Thank always you. had a concern about leaving them out on the wall. Do you find the tuning squad? Uh, I don't actually, Jerry. To be honest, um, I play. There's three three there that you can see clearly. I yeah. play them on a regular basis every evening. You know, I'll, right. I'll switch between two or three of them, and uh, the, I think the temperature in this room is is. I think they're happy here. Do you know what oh, I mean? Good. And this is the kitchen living room, so some guitarists will probably have a heart attack when they hear that. But I think, they, no, they're, they're definitely happy here, you know. That's good. That's good, yeah. Because it's it's nice to be able to just put your hand out and have one there, isn't it? Yes, absolutely it is. Uh, yeah, and I've definitely found that, especially the last couple of months, just being able to stand stand up from the sofa there, reach out, and uh, you can be playing a wee tune there within seconds. Yeah, it's lovely. And it's good for the soul being able to sit. I don't know about you, but... Um, I would sit with the guitar in the kitchen or even in, on the couch. I find it sitting better, the kitchen better because I'm sitting in a better position. It's a great unwinder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, when it started to snow here in, in Carrick, uh, Carrick and Cross yesterday evening, I just pulled the stool over to the window and uh, I sat looking out at the at the flurry of snow and uh, I recorded a few bits for, for Facebook and Instagram. And it was just lovely. It really was that's that's what inspired you was sitting there watching snow and yeah oh yeah I, I always find the snow very calming you know i love watching yeah. it. i love looking yeah. at it so um yeah yeah did a wee tune there and popped it up on social media so, so you brought me to my first question there you where you're from carrick macross yes do you know what <laughs> well i i lived in dundalk till i was about 25 so yeah i have a good oh. idea of the area and uh, yeah. carrick the the, the oasis Yes, the uh, formerly the Oasis. Yeah, that was yeah. that was one of the biggest nightclubs in in Ireland. Yeah. I, 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 or one of the largest dance floors, or something like that. It was very yes. popular. They travelled from all over the, the the country to go to the Oasis disco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Now I I, I was going to say it's before my time, but that would be a lie because I was there. Um, I I I went twice hmm. when I finished my junior certificate exams and when I got the results for same. Um, that was that was it. I, I was never back then. <laughs> okay, yeah. In my in my day, um, like living in the dock, there was plenty of places to go dancing in the dock, but a lot of people would hop in the cars and go to the oasis. It was, it was a big yeah. um, a big draw. Uh, so, but I, I actually I think I only went once. Um, I don't know why. I was working in hotels a lot, so you're probably never free, you know. Yes, same as myself. But isn't it amazing how people, no matter what's on their doorstep, they 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 want to travel to the other town. 
they want oh, yeah. to experience yeah. different you know and, that, and that's bit, always the way I think. yeah and a, and a bit of crack um yeah. so musically what where did it all kick off for you um well if you want to go back to to the the very beginning it's when um i began to get piano lessons uh classical piano which i've actually gone back to in in the last week or two i've been digging out some piano tunes again um and i took up guitar um in my early teenage years, right. uh, my my old maths teacher did guitar lessons uh, on a Monday during lunch break. So did that mm-hmm. did that for a few years, and then I went on then to study music in a third level, and right. um, you know that brought with it all that that uh, your late teens brings with it, and early twenties. Yeah. Then I went back to work in hospitality, and that I suppose skipped forward to the age of thirty. Then I yeah. kind of got the guitars into the cases and decided I would hit the road and uh, become a full-time musician and singer and artist and songwriter and whatever. <laughs> a, big, a big step. It was, yeah, it was. Um, but it was it was an adventure. It was frightening when I look back at it. Um, and it was frightening at the time, but it was, uh, I can say now that it was an adventure and uh, it was good fun and I learned a lot and I met a lot of nice people. And that's how I met you, Jerry, in Slane years ago, you know. And, uh, you know, it's friendships like this that, that have have kind of helped me out uh, throughout the last five years. And, you know, you kind of build on those friendships and, and your circle of, of, of within the music world gets bigger, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you network with a lot of people that down the road will will you'll cross paths again. And uh, that thing of, you know, be good to people as you're going up because you need them when you're coming down. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, 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 you know, something. I think the hospitality work kind of taught me that anyway. So I yeah. had that up my sleeve all the time. You know, yeah, any, yeah. any time I'd, I'd go into a new venue or bar or meet somebody different. You know, you, you have to put your best foot forward if you want to yes. get anywhere, especially yeah. in this business. Area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Where did you come across the Purple Sessions first? How did that happen? How did you, how did you get to know about us? I remember sitting uh, in this room. Um, a couple of evenings and searching on Facebook, uh, just searching the word uh, singer songwriter, and then searching the the words uh, open mic and all that sort of stuff. And I would I would make a list then of people I needed to contact and where I could play, uh, and I would have come across the purple sessions there. That's that's literally how I did it. I just set myself a kind of a, a challenge to let's see how how far in Ireland I can travel yeah, to get yeah. a gig. You know, right. thankfully, yeah. Slade wasn't too far away. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was great. I, I loved it. And I, I remember when I landed on the Purple Sessions social media, I loved the look of the setup and just the yeah. name, the Purple Sessions, was quite yeah. intriguing. And, and yeah. I wanted to dig deeper to see <laughs> yeah, yeah. what it was all about, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, I loved that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the Purple Sessions, you know, sometimes by design, you come up with something that works, and then other times by necessity, you come up with something that you think is just going to stop you looking shit. We had we had moved into a venue that had been a disco called the Purple Room, okay? Right. And it was literally purple from wall to ceiling, purple. But it was a derelict. It was absolutely horrible. Uh, it hadn't been painted. There was broken walls, broken doors, everything. And we wanted to do video. And we were only getting going with the videos. We were still using webcams and stuff like that. So we decided we needed to cover a dirty wall 
And the only thing that would blend in with it was purple. You couldn't try any other colour. It would scream at it. So we went to a, a place called the Remnant Basket in Dundalk and, yes, and bought, yeah. bought a big yardage of purple curtain and stuck it on the wall just to cover a ganky wall. Uh, we were there for about three months and um, they restarted the disco in another room on the same night that we were on. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 funny how these people decide these things. Honestly, yeah, yeah. and game over. And the ironic thing about that was it couldn't have been more stark because on that particular night we had a fabulous musician called Kieran McDonald from Drogheda playing classical guitar on a beautiful oh, Spanish guitar, right. yeah. and everybody was just stilled by this beautiful uh, set of pieces, classical pieces, and we thought this is beautiful, it's so lovely, it's so quiet. And the next thing, boom, 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 came up through the floor. And we decided there and then that night, that's it, we're out of here, we're gone. But we we bought this curtain. What are we going to do with this curtain, you know? So we moved to a new place. And you, and you don't wear dresses, Jerry. <laughs> no, certainly not curtain, not, especially not purple. We moved to the punt bar in Drogheda, and uh, we said, well, we're not going to call ourselves the punt sessions because we could end up with a problem here in six months and have to move and change our name, you know? Let's just do what we were doing in the purple room and call ourselves the purple sessions. We have an identity. We have a look now, you know? We have a colour, if you like. Uh, let's go with that. So that's what we did. We had a gentleman come down from Belfast to play. And uh, geez, just before he started to play, he said, um, I've just wondered, how many bishops did you have to kill to make the set? <laughs> brilliant. That's that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, so that's how we got the name, Purple Sessions. And I think, yeah, it does have an intrigue to it. It does have a certain thing. But it was purely by, you know, um, by accident or by... I don't know. Good fortune in the end. Anyway, I like the name, and I've, I've never wanted to change it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good because you can, you can, you know, if you if you needed to move it again, um, exactly. You know, at least, at least, yeah, you can exactly. take that name, and and yeah. I think every singer songwriter that's starting out in Ireland probably has heard of the Purple Sessions. You know, I I would reckon so. Yeah, that's brilliant to know. Yeah, I think we have we have been fairly solid throughout the years. Of um, you know maintaining the relationships with the artists uh, and, and always being respectful to them, I think that for me, anyway, was very very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was great, and it was a good platform you were you were offering there. You know, yeah, I think that I think that's important to be able to be able to leave at the end of the night, no cash in your pocket, but something that you can use. You know, yeah. be it a video, whatever it is. A good networking, new contacts, that kind of stuff. Stuff that you can use some way, just keep you moving on. Let's yeah. get to a song, uh, Barry. So we've 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 got a list of songs that you've supplied, some of your own, and then a few lovely covers that we want to talk about. Okay. Uh, so of the list of your own, where would you like to start? I think we'll start. Uh, we'll we'll ease into it with a song called "Honest." That's one of my own tracks. Honest, right? Okay. We're going to run that and you're going to tell me the, the genesis of Honest. Perfect.
Don't let me wake you Dream well now Just let it take you It's getting late We've got to reevaluate Just where we are And where do we go from here It's all I want yeah. And won't you talk Won't you talk Talk to me now Even Even under your breath Yeah It's just a shame That We're not On the same page Because I'm all behind that song uh, it's a love song as you can probably hear and um, 
I wrote, I can't remember when I wrote it. Um, to be honest, this is not crazy to say that. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I remember, like, I remember the, roughly the period of time when I was, I, I wrote about three or four songs quite close together um, around that time. And just be honest with yourself is, you know, the line of the chorus. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a very simple song. Um, I think I think the basis of it came about um, because of a conversation I had with a friend of mine in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I do take parts of a conversation in a text message and and make them into a song. I never tell that person, <laughs> uh, and it, it wasn't necessarily, anyways, a deep conversation or anything like that. Um, but I, he must have said to me, "I needed to be honest with myself." It could have okay. even been a joke. I have no idea. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've I've done that with a few other songs as well. Um, yeah, so that's that's where that came about. Yeah. Sometimes a word or a, a string of words just lands in a certain way, doesn't it? It does, especially yeah. especially when somebody else writes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's knowing it's knowing what to do with it. Then is the key, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's uh, that's yeah. true. It'll it'll yeah. it'll spark something, and uh, you know, I'll I'll always jot things like that down and. Yeah. Uh, Come back to them then at a later stage. I'm constantly working on stuff. Like I, I've recently, I found myself telling people I haven't written anything in in months or maybe even over a year. But in a way, I I am I'm I am working on little little bits here and there. Mm. But nothing has come together in in a long time, which is you know it's 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 a shame. But that's just life at the minute, you know. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. Uh, and as as a writer, I've I tend to dry up during the pandemic during the lockdown. And it wasn't because all these many gigs that I play are gone. It was none of that. I don't play many gigs. Um, so it wasn't as if somebody had taken away my 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 football and I had no game to play, you know? It was just, I don't know what it was, a lack of audiences or a lack of potential for audiences, maybe. Did you find that that um that that sort of, oh, there will not be any audiences now for a while, Barry? What are we going to do? Did you find that a little bit um, heavy? Yeah. <clears throat> to be honest, I, I was thinking about this um, the last few days, knowing that that this would come up in conversation in some way, you know. And I think when I was, say, around the time I was uh, visiting the Purple Sessions and going to Sligo and going to Cork and doing all these little gigs, there was energy there. And I think that's the word that came into my mind the last couple of days. The energy was there. There was the constant movement of, of me as a person and as a musician. And I was meeting people. I was looking at different parts of the country. I was admiring the landscape. I was being inspired by all these things. Yeah. So that's what I put it down to. In recent years, I've I've been doing a lot of uh, more corporate work and wedding work and stuff like that, which I absolutely love. So this this songwriting kind of what well, I'm not going to say it was pushed to the side, it was put on the back burner for want of a better phrase. Mm. Um, but it's but it but at the same time, it is always there in some form. So then the pandemic hit and there's no energy, there's no movement, there's nothing. People now other songwriters have 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 been saying that they've they've written an album and and they're working on a second album, and that's fantastic. Yeah, I just I didn't find myself with the urge to do that. I was finding myself with the urge to keep my head right and keep the cupboards uh, with food. And, yeah. yeah. And that. You know, I, I, I did a couple of online, uh, well, I did six months of online gigs and 
and that was good fun uh, doing doing cover gigs and stuff like yeah. that. Songwriting, no, it just it didn't happen for me. You know, I think maybe on the other side of all of this, Jerry, I think maybe the likes of me and you might find we'll get a surge of uh, of songwriting inspiration now that we've come through it, yeah. and we might kind of have that sigh of relief and go. Right now, that's let's see what we think about it, all that's happened in the last year or yes. year and a half. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I that's what I was thinking over the last few days. I think that word energy is an amazing uh, choice of word for what's missing. Yeah. I I think I've been looking for an explanation of what it is, you know. And uh, I was I, I spoke to somebody recently, and I said, for me, I think it's there's no audiences; they're not in front of you. You know, but yes. right and they, and they give you energy. Absolutely. And we talk about this thing of, you know, you know, when you hear an artist say, oh, you're such a fabulous audience. And people go, oh, yeah, yeah, you would say that, though, you know. But no, I've, I used to dish that remark. Many years ago, I used to dish that remark. But not when you go out and play and an audience feeds back to you. They are a fabulous audience. And you do need them more yeah. than you need anything else that you're doing. You know, the sound can be shit. If the audience is lovely and fabulous, you can put up with that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm yes. going to tell all my audiences from now on how absolutely amazing they, they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it can be true. Yes, yes. That's, that's the truth, isn't it? That you oh, know. yeah, yeah. They, yeah, need, they yeah. need to be appreciated. They, they might have paid a, a ticket fee to come and see the gig. They need to be told that. Uh, yeah. you know they're, they're great and and yeah. they're paying your bills and and they're doing stuff yeah. like that yeah. you know as yeah. well as, yeah. as being entertained and enjoying their night absolutely yeah yeah give us another song barry that you'd like us to walk into okay let's step it up with um i think i sent you diving in did i yes you did indeed let's dive in i can see four miles but still see nothing where the water meets the sky, that's where I'll wanna be. Tell me where you hide, tell me where you'll be. I look for you a while, but might not see you. And if I smile, will you smile back? And if I wave, will you? Raise your hand And if I call Will you answer me Or just leave me To think it over again Diving into deep Coming up Coming up to see Catch my breath. The ship has sailed the seven seas, sailed every ocean and every river in between. Let the captain know I'm getting off. I'm happy. If you smile, should I smile back? 
say you know um, ideas because it, I, I've known you for a while and your ideas can be you know very diverse you can pick up on an awful lot of stuff and from talking to you I can see how that is that you, you know you're, you're tuning in all the time to stuff but in terms of inspiration from as you will maybe listen to music and growing up listening to music where would you point to and say you know that's the reason there that I started to play or started to think or started to write in this particular way? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to come at it from just a slightly different angle, right? Because there's always one story mm. that sticks out in my, in my head, in my memories. And the reason I wanted to get on stage, right, and perform yeah. was because of an artist um, you might know called Gareth Brooks. Oh, God. Are we going down? Are we going down this road? We are. Okay. Are, are we going to, are we going to lose listeners here? Are we? No, 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 we're not, because I have to say, for all that he, the damage he did to himself in Ireland, uh, there's a lot of people out there, big in the music world, who think that he is probably coming again and as good and as strong as ever. Yeah, but let, let me explain. Okay? <laughs> so you imagine um, an eight or nine-year-old uh, being brought by his parents to Crow Park to see yeah. Garth Brooks, who at the time was at his peak and who was running, you know, not far off the length of Crow Park. That's how long his stage was. It was it was actually the length rather than, yeah. than the width of Crow Park right. for that particular, uh, those two gigs. And the energy of him on stage and the band and just, and, and then you had the audience, like 
They, yeah. It was just yeah. phenomenal. And we were up on the Cusick stand, like up on the, the top tier. Um, and that's, I just remember that so vividly and um, how I felt that night and, and getting the T-shirt on the way out at the merch stand and just watching all the adults that were tearing about me, how yeah. much they enjoyed it. So it was, it really was uh, people like him that got me into wanting to perform, right? right. Not necessarily wanting to play country music, which I, I don't really. Um, and then you had the likes of uh, Christy Moore, who was yeah. a great storyteller. I kind of discovered him then, you know, in, in my teenage years and the, the folk music and the simplicity of just maybe him and a guitar um, and then, you know, on albums, then you'd have the arrangements where he'd, he'd bring in the session musicians and yes. the likes of Declan Sinnott, who's just uh, amazing, yeah, you know. Absolutely. You had the storytelling of, of Christy and you had the, the um, that energy, again, that word of, of Garth Brooks. And then I also had influences from my two older brothers who uh, would be every day and every night listening to rock music, heavy rock and heavy metal. So I had okay. that in the mix as well. So that kind of gave me, I think that that probably is where my sense of rhythm and beat comes from. Okay. Uh, that 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 um that hard rock music, yeah. you know, like Roses and Metallica yeah. and all that. So yeah. it's really vast the where my my inspiration comes from. But that that's the honest answer, you know. And I've never got into it as detailed as that before. But <laughs> yeah, and it's it's crazy. Like it's not one particular type of music. It's three different genres, say and. Three yes. totally different artists, but there you are. But but you find a space you for yourself. You find you find a space for yourself and stuff that inspires you. Do you know? Yeah, I think yeah. I think you do, and and I'm I'm probably an amalgamation of all those things. I think yeah. like I was describing my music as folk rock for a good while there. I don't know how you describe it now. Like the, the two tracks you've just heard are, you know, miles apart. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Um, but there is definitely. I'm a great lover of rock music, you know. I think I I want to be the lead singer of a rock band and just do a world tour. That's never going to happen. But, you know. <laughs> I never say never, but never say never. Okay. Man can dream. Man can dream. So I'm going to throw a Christy Moore track at you. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I you know you know and Jesus, I could throw so many that are inspirational, but I'm actually going to go for a song written by Barney Rush, Nancy Spain. Beautiful. I'm sure it's one yeah. you've done. It is. It's one I do actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I do it. I do it regularly. Yeah, beautiful song. It's lyric is so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it's lovely. Yeah. Are we going to listen to that one? We'll have a listen to Nancy Spain. Yeah. Of all the stars that ever shone, not one does twinkle like your pale blue eyes, like golden corn at harvest time. Your hair. Sailing in my boat, the wind gently blows and fills my sail. Your sweet scented breath is everywhere. And daylight peeping through the curtains of the passing night time is your smile. The sun in the sky is like your laugh Come back to me, my Nancy 
linger for just a little while Since you left these shores I've known no peace nor joy No matter where I wander I'm still haunted by your name The portrait of your beauty stays the same Standing by the ocean wondering where you've gone if you'll return again Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain On a day in spring when snows start to melt and streams to flow With the birds I'll sing a song In the while I'll wander down by Bluebell Grove Where wildflowers grow And I'll hope That lovely Nancy Will return No matter where I wander I'm still haunted By your name The portrait Of your beauty Stays the same Standing by the ocean wondering where you've gone if you'll return again Where is the ring I gave to Nancy Spain? I love the simplicity of Nancy Spain. It's too short, though. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I good a, point. Good point. I love a good long ballad. <laughs> but, uh, it's lovely, and I learned it years ago. It was one of the first songs I, I would have taught yeah. myself to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's so it's just so beautiful. Yeah, and everybody in Ireland knows that chorus. Honestly, God, honestly, God. Yeah, yeah. we we can all sing it. 
Yes, yeah, and we right. don't know how or where we learned it, but we, we all know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like right on, isn't it? Yeah, it has the same effect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you did a lot of time, a lot of stuff with um, the Dingle Whiskey Bar. Was that a residency? That was a residency. Yeah, um, yeah. That started about four years ago. Very good. Um, or more, and I did three years in the bar, and I did six months uh, virtual. <laughs> And uh, now, oh, yes, of course, yeah. Stop that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I remember getting the call from um, one of the owners of the company um, a few days after, a few days after the, the lockdown was being discussed and all this mm-hmm. kicked off. And he rang me and he said, "Look, we're not going to go with the gigs this week." I think it was he was ringing me about St Patrick's Day. We're not going to go all with right. the gigs on St Patrick's Day. And I said, look, there was really no need to call me. You know, it was, I, it know, was inevitable. Yeah. I, I knew that, but but I really appreciated his call. And uh, yeah. for a man as busy as him to take time out and, yeah. and ring me was was very nice, you know. Um, so that all stopped. And, uh, you know, Jerry, it's, it's probably one of my most favorite things I've done in my music career is gig in that pub and meet right. the people that I've met uh, from around the world yeah. most of whom text me on a regular basis in the last oh, 12 brilliant. months you know um it's great it really it really was great we we decided then <clears throat> that i would do the gigs virtually uh, on a sunday evening at 6 30 uh, and i would i started by doing an hour and then a few weeks into it that became two hours because i never i never wanted to come off facebook yeah uh, because i had the company there of the viewers you know yeah, yeah. And um, of course, I was I was on my own in this room. Yeah. But I knew that there was maybe 100, 200 people watching me and that they were enjoying it. And yeah. they would be sending in requests and the banter would be going on in the chat good. section of yeah. the page yeah. and all that. So it was good. It was uh, it was exciting again. Uh, did it for six months. And then I kind of I, I decided that um, I decided to give it a break then. You know, mm. I think the virtual world was I don't know what it was about it. It was it was very beneficial. I grew uh, a, the fan base and I nurtured the fan base that was already there. But I just think I needed a break from it, you know. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I found a few other people saying the same thing. Aye. And then I've I've also seen people that didn't do a gig last year at all uh, have now started to do it. Mm. You know, so people are going through different cycles. People probably yeah. didn't want to touch the virtual world. And have now decided, oh, I think I'm ready to give that a go now. Yeah. So I'm actually enjoying watching friends of mine doing gigs yeah. on uh, Facebook and YouTube, and it's great, you know. Yeah. Very but good. that's how the, that, that's the story behind the Dingle Whiskey Bar. It was for those that may may not know, it was in uh, or is in uh, Dublin, Dublin City on Nassau Street. Yes. It's a small bar, bar attached to Porterhouse Central. Yeah. So um yeah, it's just we've had we've had many a great nights there. Yeah. Just amazing, like we were talking about amazing audiences, you know, like it's such a small bar. Some nights, admittedly, it could be very quiet. There might only be 10 people there, mm. but we would have just as much fun and crack as if there was 30 or 40 people there yeah, the week before, yeah. the week out. So it really was uh, great. I'm hoping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that will start up again yes yeah when, when they get open again i'd say it'd be fairly uh easy bet to say that the dingle whiskey bar would be anxious to get you back because 
boom. Yeah, I remember looking at it, at, at the uh, the videos you were putting up, and I was going, God, I'd love to be in Dublin on a Sunday evening just to be able to go yeah. to that. Yeah, that'd be gorgeous to have that small little space like that and you performing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, I remember. Uh, actually, let's let's go with another song before I go into what I remember. Uh, so we are left now with um, "Sound of Your Voice," "Replace," and "Cry and Shame." Let's pick one of those. I'm gonna go with "Replace." Um... Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I created it with the help of a lot of people. I created a music video for it uh, last okay. year, shortly into lockdown. So I'd like to share that song with people. Yeah. Replace. What's the story behind that one? Replace is about appreciating what you have in life and um, appreciating what you have before it's gone or before it might be taken away from you. It's just that general idea. It's not, I didn't kind of zone in on any particular incident or story in my life. It's just really about that, and um, yeah, that that's really it. Yeah, so I, I felt it was it was a good song. I almost re-released it uh, in the early stages of lockdown because I felt it was quite apt, given that you know all I had was uh, my my groceries and my coffee. That's all I had to, to kind of give me joy. So everything else was take, everything else was taken away from us, you know. So uh, yeah, this was uh, replaced. Takers and undertakers Brothers, sisters and love makers Flesh and lights Speed adrenalines Did you catch that train? Did you catch that bus? It's all irrelevant Cause we're rushing by Bye bye I'm dealing with life Falling behind The energy's gone They're all moving on I'm biting my tongue Is this how it tastes To know you're gone I won't try to replace you You're blowing my mind in my heart Please, please Can we start over? I miss you, you're gone Just pick up and call me now I won't try to replace you Sons and daughters with their high-end wage The lines and wrinkles That tell stories I can't remember with your falling stars, your hand grenades, and everything I can't explain. Return flights, those flashing lights, it's all the same. Cause we're rushing Tastes 
know you're gone I won't try to replace you You're blowing my mind Breaking my heart Please, please Can we start over? I miss you, you're gone Just pick up and call me now I won't try to replace you Life's too short to figure you out. Life's too quick. I just should have went for it. Yeah, yeah. Life's too short to figure you out. Life's, life's too quick. And I went for it Cinema in Nice. Yes. You and I were doing a, a tree handle with young Gronya Fahi. Uh, That's correct. From Mike Gleason for the um, Feed the Homeless. Uh, and I remember, first of all, standing there thinking, Jesus, I'm actually standing on the same fucking stage as Barry J. Hughes. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy this. This is really good. Yeah. And it was a lovely audience. It wasn't a whole big audience, but it was nice. But I thought the cinema environment was a lovely environment to play in. It was really nice, wasn't it? Yeah. The tiered seating and everything. Yeah. Um, and the prop, we were on a proper stage. Like, proper you know, it stage, was, yeah. Yeah, the sound was awesome. With, the sound was amazing and there was yeah. graphics and the lighting and yeah. everybody was cozy and happy. Yeah. It, was, it, it was lovely. It was yeah. really yeah. lovely. And Jerry, before you go on, I was I was thinking much the same thing as you were thinking because because I was thinking back on the time we met in Dulik at the Fireside, uh, oh, the gosh, Fireside yes. Festival. Yeah. And I remember hearing your set that that day, or we I think I, I we met there twice, two years in a row. And I remembered a few of your songs. So I was thinking to myself, I was looking over at your stool, kind of <laughs> hoping that you would play them songs. So 
Believe me, Jerry, I was thinking much the same as you were. Wow, wow, yeah, that was amazing. One thing that blew me off my chair that day was um, we'd been asked to put in a Christmas cover. Yeah. Yeah, and of all the songs, if, if someone had listed, here's here's all the songs that the whole room can think of, which one of these do you think Barry's going to play? I would have seen that song on the list and went, he'd never touch that. There's no way he'd do that on acoustic. That's not possible. <laughs> Seriously, man. Uh, you know what? You, 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 in terms of levels that day, and I'm not blowing smoke as, as Rose, throwing roses at you here. In terms of levels that day, as a musician, I just went, wow. How did he right. do that? How did he do that? That was some <laughs> serious piece of was that a song that you'd been doing before? You know, was it one that you did regularly at Christmas? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I had only st- I had only performed it. I'd say the Christmas previous to that. So yeah. for 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 those listening. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Uh, walking in the air, and it was my my own version mixed in with the Ryan Sheridan version, my fellow uh, Monaghan uh, artist. So I was kind of taking inspiration from his cover of the song and putting my own uh, twist on that yeah. um, with a bit of because uh, I had started playing around with some effects pedals on the guitar mm. at that stage so I brought a few of them with me um, yeah I, I I was I watched back that performance actually this Christmas just gone right and yeah it was, it was quite cool the gig was great like it was Lovely a great gig. experience yeah. Yeah. but um, yeah I said like I love doing uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire all those ones I love yes. all of their yeah. songs because they yeah. have some of those songs nearly have every chord possible. In them. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy, you know. And I can never learn them off by heart ever. I always have to dig out the music. Yeah. But I just thought I would give that one a go, you know. I just yeah. I think it fitted well with the other songs I was doing that night or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But but thanks for the, the the musicianship on it was was awesome, and I didn't think it was possible to make that song sound so good on an acoustic. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Job. Brilliant job. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about. Another inspirational piece, an influence, if you like. Okay. Yeah. We have this song, the carrot by the kerosene light. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Hermitage Green did a, did a release on it recently. Yeah. They did. Was it last year? So, yeah. I I'm not quite sure when they released it, but it was last year during lockdown they performed it on uh, the late late. Yes. The late late show. And I'm not joking you, I my jaw nearly hit the floor when yeah. they started singing. I'd never heard the song before. It's the songwriter is Wince Coles, I think is how you pronounce his name. Okay. Uh, and they started uh, performing this a cappella yeah. and just the, the, the is there four or five of them? I can't remember. I think just four anyway, at least, were, if not five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were all around the one microphone. Um, visually, it was stunning. You know, it was just a simple, simply staged. Uh, one guitar, one bear on, and all the yeah. voices. And uh, my goodness, it just it it really took my breath away. So I, of course, me being me, I had to find out what the song was. Mm-hmm. Can I hear more of it? Yeah. Can I hear a live performance? Mm-hmm. Um, and who wrote it? And then I started doing my own version of it. Then uh, for the mm-hmm. oh no, I told a lie, Jerry. It was way before lockdown. I heard it because I was singing it in the whiskey bar in Dublin. Actually, so it's, it's actually a good while ago. Oh, no, yes, it is a good while ago. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got mixed up there. But anyway, I, I have been listening to it and performing it a good bit during lockdown just for myself and for uh, the couple of social media bits I put up. 
but it's such a beautiful song and the story. Oh, that's yeah. we're going back to the story thing and the ballad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just beautiful. I sang it first uh, at the kitchen table in my home place for my mom and dad, oh. and and I, I I almost started crying towards the end of it, yeah. and I don't know yeah. why. Just the story, yeah, it's, and uh, it's, just, it's, it's just lovely. It's just got such a strong message in it. It's so poignant. And oh, big time! Yeah, yeah, this is poignancy. And, and, and the Hermitage Green version, which we're going to run now, has I have to say, for me, has put them in a new light for me because the harmonies are just on point. So powerful, yeah, so beautiful, so powerful, beautiful done. So this is Hermitage Green with by the kerosene light. Succeed, you would try all. 
We called it the Back to Basics tour. Back to Basics, thank you. Yes, yeah. Tell yeah. me about that. Uh, myself, Greg Clifford from Dublin, and Ian N. Brennan, also from Dublin, or Ian Brennan, as he's now known. Yes. Um, we I met Ian back in 2016, I think. Okay. I think it was 16. We met at a, a music festival that we were playing at in Cork. And um, he pitched the idea to me about doing a tour and he said I have this other guy uh, interested as well little did I know at the time that he hadn't even asked Greg yet <laughs> but he, he had him earmarked for uh, the, the the job that's it so anyway the three of us got together and we booked a 17 date tour around Ireland uh, 17 dates over three weeks so the whole idea behind Back to Basics was literally going back to basics, one man and his guitar. So there would only ever be one of us on stage. Uh, we weren't going as a three-piece three, band. Or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a three-act tour. Mm. And um, we wanted to do it all ourselves. You know, we, we were yeah. all self-managed. And we still are, I think. Um, and we wanted to book it ourselves, promote it ourselves, uh, finance it ourselves. So we did all that and uh, yeah, we hit the road in February of 2017 and we went everywhere from Dublin to Belfast to Galway and uh, we were down in Cork, we were in Port Leash, we did Slane, we started in Slane where yes. I met you first at the That's Purple right. Sessions, so we yeah. started in Boyles of Slane and we did various venues in between yeah. that. Wow. We did, of course, Carrick and Cross, um, yeah. and we did Monaghan Town, and then we did yeah. one or two in Dublin as well. And uh, we, as well as having a fantastic time, we 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 um we just made we each made two wonderful friends out of it, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Greg and Ian are two great guys, and they're great songwriters and great artists. So, yeah, it was that was I can't believe it's that long ago as well. Yeah. That's crazy. To me. Yeah, I remember looking looking at it with envy, thinking, "Oh, I wish, I wish, yeah. my God!" All, all the only thing that would better that would be a camper van. <laughs> yes, we probably could have done with that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but funny how how the documentary came about was mm. uh, Greg's father Dave decided he would uh, drive Greg and Ian to Slane because it's you know it's not that yeah. far from Dublin really. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's actually equidistant from Carrick and Cross as well. So we all met there. And Dave decided he would bring his camera to take a few photos. Right. And he also took a bit of video footage that, that night as well. 
Yeah. And then the next night we were going to Waterford and Dave said, sure, I'll, I'll go as well. I'll drive and I'll bring yeah. the cameras. So Dave ended up coming to all of the gigs no, and capturing no. all of the footage. And uh, the doc, the idea of the documentary came about, let's say, on the third or fourth journey, wherever we were going, yeah. we were kind of thinking we could make a film out of this. Like this could be yes. something big, you know, yeah, big yeah. for our for our level. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did that and we we later put additional footage to it. We met up, I think, six months after the tour. We went up the Dublin mountains, lovely sunny day, and we, yeah. we did more footage there. We did some kind of candid interviews uh, in different venues uh, uh, close to our homes. And we added that into the documentary. So it's a 90 minute uh, film uh, available to watch on YouTube. And Greg and Dave did the whole lot themselves as Clifford Clifford Productions. And it's lovely. It's it's such a nice, uh, it's a lovely film to to have and to be able to watch back. The memories there are are something serious. And we, we had some Stupid laughs is all I can say. Just the <laughs> stupidest of laughs. You know, really, do, you know. Do you know what it reminded me of? I don't know if you've ever heard of a thing called Heartworn Highways. Never heard of that name. No. Okay, it wasn't. It was a thing that was filmed with um, Guy Clark, Steve Earle, Terence Van Zandt, Rodney Crowell, uh, and half wow. a dozen other singer songwriters who were all and and they were all gathering in um, uh, Nashville, I think it was, or in Tennessee, where Guy had a house. And uh, Terence Van Zandt would roll into town. He always had the best cocaine. So the guys would turn up. Right. And whatever towns went, these guys would turn up. Whenever he was in, in, in Tennessee, they would turn up because he knew the towns would have the best gear. Uh, and this uh, filmmaker decided that these guys were really important. And they, and they were. So he filmed them doing little sort of gigs and having a house party. And uh, it later became a massive archive because of some of the songs that were played on it. And they right. were done, they were done in versions, you know, that no one had ever recorded, uh, particularly the Towns Van Zandt stuff. Uh, and it's now referenced back in the Americana sort of genre, it's now referenced back as one of the most important um, sort of a deep glimpses into how these guys actually lived. Never mind what right. they did on stage, how they lived yeah. their lives. Heavy drinking, heavy, heavy drugs, all nighters all the time. You know, yes, but it was it was the fact that somebody took the time to capture it. Now, your story with the the uh, back to basics tour is not about any of those things, but it's about the capture of it and the story of it, and that's also a big glimpse into what the singer songwriter seems like for people and the distances and lengths you guys have to go off your own bat to go to a place to play for free to drive home. That's what that's That's what that's exactly. Yeah, sorry. That's what you've captured there. That yeah. story, you know, without having to sit and moan about it, you've demonstrated exactly. This is the reality for singer-songwriters. Yeah, that's exactly what we wanted to do. Um, yeah. And I'm not just saying that, uh, I'm not just taking your phrasing there, but that is exactly what we wanted to do, was yeah. capture that hard work that that artist put in and the money and the time and the yeah. journeys and all that. And um, yeah, and, and we... we in, I still encourage people to watch it back, not because I'm in it, because it's a bloody great film. And it is, uh, yeah, it yeah. Story. you know, it, it's it's entertaining, but there is a story there, and um, there's a narrative there that that will explain the hard work and the hard graft that goes yeah, on. Yeah. We we screened yeah. it actually in in Dublin in the Sugar Club, like we we filled the Sugar Club and did a screening of it. 
Yes. And people loved it. The feedback was, yeah. was, was awesome, you know, and we yeah. did a screening then in Carrick and Cross as well and filled that venue. So, yeah, Excellent. people yeah. respond to it was great and it's still yeah. there. It'll always be there. <clears> the That's great. It was great. Well, an important archive. And fair play to the guys for taking the trips with you to, uh, to capture all of that. Ah, yeah, no, they're great. Like Dave is, he's a hard worker. You know, he's a hard worker. We, we all work hard, but Dave, yeah. Dave yeah. probably worked, worked harder than we did. He was the fourth member of the tour, really, behind yeah. the camera and all the editing that went on for months afterwards, you know. Yes, yeah, excellent. Okay, there's one other place I want to talk to you about, but I want to get a song in before we do. We've got one, two left on the list. Sound of your voice or cry and shame. Um, I think, well, Crying Shame is a heavy metal remix of mm. a, a, an old song. But what I'll do is I'll I'll leave that for people to uh, check out themselves. Okay, okay to go there because yeah, I think it might it might interrupt the flow of what we're doing here. <laughs> so go with the sound of your voice. Sound of your voice, excellent.
brilliant. So that's sound of your voice. There's one other thing that uh, was one of the things that would have sparked an interest for me in your stuff was the Tin Church in Lara. Yes, my you favorite did, place you, in the world. Man, you did a fabulous job there. <laughs> I've been there a few times. I did a few gigs there. Um, and we shot some of the footage for the documentary around the church and, and in it as well. I I was brought to the Tin Church by a friend of mine maybe four years ago. Yeah. And my friend Peter, who just lives out the road, and he said, Do you know where we'll go? We'll go out. I want to take you to this place out the road here, out to a church. And I thought I knew all the roads around Carrick McCross and, mm. and in between and, and, you know, wherever. But we came across this church anyway, the Tin Church in Lara. And uh, it's like 15, 10 or 15 minute drive from, from my front door. And instantly I was just like, I have yeah. to do a gig here. I have to do a gig here. How many people can we fit? I, I was I was standing in the church going, pacing out the door, you know, going, yeah how many chairs we could probably fit in another 10 here at the back you know <laughs> so um that was a visit to the tin church about four years ago i'd say it could be five but four months later i had the the church full and uh, i had oh. myself and a band on stage and that was the first ever gig that was played in the tin church it's it's a i should say that it's a i think the phrase is decommissioned it's not actually yeah, used yeah as, yeah, yeah. Uh, as a church yeah. Um, it's occasionally used used for for weddings, for civil ceremonies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's decommissioned as a church. The grounds are beautiful. There's a lovely stream that 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 flows around it, and it's so picturesque. Um, if you're a fan of my music or you're following me on social media, you probably will have seen it somewhere yes. along the way yeah. in photographs. But uh, it's. Have you ever been to a chair? You know. Do you know we were in the area absolutely year before last, 2019. And I said to Adele, I said, um, do you know something? There's a place around here I really need to find. We had been to a wedding and we were sort of staying over. I said, there's a place I really want to see, uh, but I couldn't find it. Right, okay. I didn't have enough time. Uh, I probably only had an hour of sort of exploring time. And when I did the sort of, a, oh, no, I'm not going to make it. I'll come back. Yeah. It's not a million miles away from me. I can get back to it. It's a place I absolutely love the look of it. It's like something out of um, New England. Yes. It's yes. just so it beautiful. Uh, and, and every every time I go out that road, <clears throat> I get excited the closer I get to it because I know yeah. it's just going to blow me away each time, yeah. you know. I was going to say, you had to put your own generation in there for, for power, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So when... When uh, you see, they were they were in the process of renovating the church. The the local yeah. heritage committee had fundraised for years and yeah. still are, and they're still yeah. doing bits on the grounds and inside. So when I visited, there was a carpenter there that day working on, um, just working on on kind of getting it back together. Yeah, and they were in the process of um. He had been commissioned, I think, to work on the uh, the pulpit, which was gone, but they were trying to find old photographs of the yes. old pulpit of the church and to recreate it uh, from wood and all that. So, yeah, um, yeah they, they had to replace the stained glass windows. Oh, everything had to be done, the roof, yeah. the painting, everything. Um, so they had no electricity there. The, there was a generator there to, to, to power the carpenter's tools that day. Yeah. Um, but four months later, the carpenter had, had gone. He had yeah. a certain amount done. He had moved on. So I had to get my own generator. I had to get a portaloo. Uh, and therefore, we had to bring in our own lighting and our own sound equipment and all that, Jeez. you know. But that that was all part of the 
yeah, again, the adventure for me. I, I I look at buildings and I go, I could do a gig in there. Yeah, <laughs> I regularly do that. I regularly yeah, yeah. look at old, like old derelict buildings or even old old shop units. I've never gigged yeah. in an old shop unit, but I often look at these spaces and go, how could this be? This could be used for something. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, and I love doing that. But that that vision uh, of the Tin Church that that came through anyway. And thanks to Peter for bringing me out that day. That was that yeah. was something really magical but yes. i was going to say to you no matter yeah. what side you approach the church from um from from the carrick mccross side or the the i think it's the castle blaney side it, you just turn a corner and it's just there in front of you i i, I sometimes i forget which corner it's on because okay. you turn the corner and you go wow it's it, and it's just there in front of you and i yeah. i've brought people out to it since you know yeah. and and they've just been amazed by it they really have yeah. so if anybody's in the area I definitely suggest checking it out. Excellent, excellent, Barry. It's been an absolute joy having chats with you, man. And it's I really it's, enjoyed it, Jerry. Thank you. I really enjoyed. I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, to do this um, because uh, I'm trying to go through the people who have played the purple sessions who uh, I know are still, you know, still working away at their music and and um, anything we can do to keep your brand alive, keep our brand alive, uh, and, and also to give me some time to do with my days off, which are plentiful. <laughs> oh, there's too many days off nowadays. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate you reaching out to me and asking me, and uh, you know me, the answer's pretty much always yes. You know? <laughs> we just have to change the time slightly. Um, I, I have a, yeah. a gas boiler service being done later on so uh, no apart from that that's, no that's these are this is a really exciting day i get to chat to you and i get my gas boiler service <laughs> excellent like, you're doing um, well you're doing well that's a top up yeah <laughs> right barry until we get a chance to meet again and get you up on the stage uh with the purple sessions logo behind you uh i i can't wait for that uh, i wish yes. you the very best and um and i hope that you that uh, we, we do get to see you soon Jerry, thanks a million. It's good to see you. It's good to chat to you. And uh, yeah, definitely see you at Purple Sessions. Take good care of yourself. Good you luck. too. You too. And thanks to all the listeners. Cheers, Barry. And that was the brilliant Barry J. Hughes. And you can check Barry J. Hughes out on Facebook, on the internet at barryjhughes.com. Now, one of the songs we didn't get to cover and it's been a favourite of mine from Barry J. for a long, long time is Falling Moon. So, Let's get Falling Moon into the set. I cannot see a shadow Standing in the light The silver quarter in the sky
Shit. 